As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you on Franchise Tag Deadline Day. It's like a holiday for you? No, in fact, it was uh, completely overblown. Because <laughs> no, we all t- knew t- what was going to happen. T- today's like the day, like free agency is like partially ruined because all the big names, mm-hmm. like your Allen Robinsons of the world. They get tagged, so free agency. Like people get all excited, they create all these lists, top 100 free agents. Then before free agency even opens, you have like all these guys that are already, already, you know, already off the table. See, that's kind of on the people who make the lists, though. Because how many stories have you seen in the last like two weeks that are like Allen Robinson among the best free agents coming up? And every time I see that, hey. I'm like, I'm like, he's not a free agent. Our guy Sheil. At the Athletic has had him at number one after Dak Prescott got his massive contract for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that's is that official. That could be official now, right? Because he's already yeah one of the guys. So yeah, that, that that's a real deal. Um, so Robinson was number one for less than twenty four hours. Then he got the tag. Mm. Badgers were number one in the country for like two days. Before having to play Ohio State in 2007, and then Brian Butch broke his elbow. Why does it always go back to the Badgers? I don't know. I think that's actually the first time I've mentioned them in like five months. But uh, five minutes. Wisco- hey, Wisconsin's pro days tomorrow. Thumbs up. <laughs> Today was Northwestern's pro day. We'll actually probably touch on that a little bit because I'll, the, I'll uh, say this. Okay, okay, we'll talk about it later. But pro days are a little bit more. They feel more important this year without the combine and other things. They go into the pre-draft evaluation. Absolutely. I mean, 
uh, Rashawn Slater and Greg Newsom had legitimate things that they had to show today in Evanston, and they did. So um, we can touch on that. The Bears general manager and head coach were there in attendance, which was nice to see. They're only 20 minutes away. Why not be in Evanston? And they were there. Uh, So was Juan Castillo. We'll touch on that a little bit, but welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about this franchise tag situation, what it means, what's coming up next. Um, I think a lot of this we've touched on before, but I find the Dak Prescott thing a little interesting, so we'll we'll tie that in as well. (laughs) You... (laughs) Oh! What have you come up with now? (laughs) I have to defend myself because you're ripping me for uh, that Dak, Dak Prescott trade, right? And how ridiculous! What? How ridiculous it was! Well, is your your word? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That applies. Have oh, you been glasses paying, are off, everybody? Have you been paying attention to this off season at all? A little bit. Okay. And what's been the conversation nonstop? Oh, Dick Prescott. Does he want out of Dallas? Is no. That come how out? the Bears are gonna make, could make a big move for a quarterback, a big trade, which was the whole point of that column when I wrote it. What was that? October, November, whatever it was. Russell Wilson wasn't available then. Deshaun Watson wasn't available then. The whole Dick point, Prescott wasn't available then. He was more available than those guys. We knew at least... Come on, you got to be more fair right now. You know the whole point of that was that the Bears need to make a big move for quarterback. Yes, they, they need do. to do it or they're going to be stuck in quarterback hell forever, which they've always been stuck in. That was the whole point of that trade. I threw it out there as an idea, like, hey, maybe the Cowboys are dumb enough to screw up the Dak Prescott situation, and you can go make a big move for a quarterback. Um, again, at that point, no idea Russell Wilson might be available, but it's the same premise now. It's the same thing that everyone's talking about this offseason. So you can rip me for that trade, but the idea it was not far-fetched because what are the Bears doing right now? They're trying well, to trade for Russell well, Wilson. They're, well, they're trying to take a big swing here, but I don't know if the, the Seattle Seahawks have no reason to trade him. Let, let, let's be honest. They could call. Ryan Pace can text John Schneider to, to every hour. Text him right now. 8 p.m. Chicago time. Hey, John, what's going on? What, what's going on? How do you feel today? Russell's still mad at you? I, I, I just don't know what the... <laughs> It doesn't make much sense for the Seahawks right now unless Russell Wilson is playing complete hardball with them. It kind of sounds like he might be, though. I think he I, might be, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that there's not much logic in trading Russell Wilson, um, which is exactly the, why the Bears should be going after him hard. Um, so anyway, hey, we're on YouTube today, and uh, if you haven't noticed, we got these T-shirts that uh, we can wear. How do I do this with one hand? We find I, I don't know how much people like the shirt I'm wearing, but I love it. I think it's my favorite. We finally made a t-shirt. Thanks to Adam Johns. It's hard work. Doesn't say that last part. <laughs> the key, everybody, is putting it off long enough so your podcast partner becomes impatient and takes vacation days to get this done. So <laughs> you're all welcome. That was all true. Yeah. True story. Um, but yeah, so if you're uh, if you uh, are on YouTube or you want to be on YouTube, you can check out the Hogan Johns channel on YouTube. We encourage you to subscribe to that. We're gonna start putting out more videos on here. 
Uh, I don't know if the whole episodes will always be on there. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. We're experimenting, but um, we will get you some you know, clips and things like that, hopefully, that you like to consume on your phones and your mobile devices and all that. So um, check it out, Hogan John's YouTube page. Uh, where you can subscribe. And hopefully you are subscribed to this podcast. Please tell your friends about it. Again, follow us on Twitter. You can read us on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you can subscribe to The Athletic, and you should be subscribed there. You can read me, NBCSportsChicago.com. My second mock draft is up, Adam Johns. I, I haven't it. Actually, I, I have, missed it. Who do you, who, who's your guy? Um, my guy was Christian Derisaw. Okay. From Virginia Tech, I went offensive tackle this time. If you missed my first one, went with Trey Lance, who I still believe there's a chance that one of those guys um, could fall. 100%. One of those guys are falling. Right. I don't know. Is it is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Justin Fields? Is it going to be... Uh, I guess at this point with Mac Jones, we're at the point where maybe we're talking about him falling because so many people think he might go in the top 10. I saw a mock draft today that had, I'm struggling to remember where it was, but someone had Mac Jones getting drafted ahead of Zach Wilson. Who's that? Okay. I imagine maybe that's how some other people felt like when Ryan Pace drafted Mitch Trubisky. Over to Sean Watson, but which is just proof that crazy things like that can happen in the draft. You you can say right now you think you know what's going to happen. It almost never happens. There's always things that that throw you off. And so, um, anyway, this time I went offensive tackle. I did, however, Johnsy, go with a quarterback in the fifth round. You familiar with Jamie Newman? I was going to go Sam Ellinger because... No, bad. No. Because you're wearing uh, Texas orange right Texas now? Texas orange. <laughs> his, his coach is on the Bears staff right now. I, I feel like he's just going to be the guy that just thrown at the end of every Bears mock draft just because of the connection. I would be okay if they signed him as an undrafted free agent. I don't think I'll have a draftable grade on Sam Ellinger. Competitive as hell player. Love that about him. I'm sure he's going to be valuable in a quarterback room. Um, to me, he's gonna he could be like a Tyler Bray dude. Cool. You don't <laughs> want to play. It. Cool, tall. Just here, present. Just, just here, holding a cup he of coffee in the locker room. Another coach in the room, as they say. Coach in the room. Is he still on the team? No, he's not. Is he gonna be on the team? He'll be UFA. Kids, you hear that one? <laughs> yeah, something that something. <laughs> at least uh, this at least this time you acknowledged that it was a real kid oh. and not a ghost. Yeah, yeah, that happened over there. We moved our chair because of it. it apparently, it was creepy enough that people just listening were creeped out. <laughs> they should have been. So what Matt- happened? If if we didn't explain ourselves thoroughly before we get to the Allen Robinson conversation, let's put the the ghost kid scenario in the Johns household to bed. So the kids snuck out of bed, and then where I do the podcast is is part of the dining room, and the family room is right behind me, and the lights were off in the family room, so that's where he was. But I couldn't see him because the lights were off, and he was actually quite sneaky. Did not hear him, but. You saw his face enter my picture. I did not because I got the headphones on. I'm listening to you talk about whatever. And before you know it, you're waving at somebody. And, and yeah, kind of freaked me out. 
But I'm still confused why when you turned around, you couldn't see him. Oh, he was gone. He had moved. Okay. I think, I feel- me, I think me saying, what are you waving at? And turning around oh. made him step back and go into the, the kitchen part of the, the great room, whatever you want to call it. So I blew his cover is what happened. Yes, you blew his cover. Sorry. Got Whoops. him in trouble. Sorry, kid. Um, well, we're happy to no know Roblox you, for you. <laughs> we're happy he didn't know you do not have a ghost in your house. Um, but sorry, your kid snuck out of bed. It happens. Uh, all right. So Alan Robinson gets the tag. So what? Well, this was coming. We yeah. all knew it was coming. It, Nobody well, how, okay, should how, be surprised by this. Do you nope. think? Do you think they were even really negotiating before this? I think they needed to have this for it to be real. Okay. Especially from the Bears side of things, because now you got this hard number of eighteen million on the table. It, it's it, it's almost non nego It's non negotiable because of that's his that's his set salary for the twenty twenty one season. Right. And that's the working number to go around for the average annual average. I said av- there's a lot of averages I just said there. You know what I'm talking about. The, av- the average annual value. So I agree. Uh, and it should probably be higher than that. And it would be higher than that on the open market, which is why this is an advantage to the Bears. And not and, and why Al Robinson is not happy about it because – He's probably getting at least twenty million on the open market. Now he's only going to get paid eighteen. Um, however, this is what I wrote about today. If you want to read my column on NBCSportsChicago.com, if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm not happy about the tag, sure, but I didn't mind seeing the deal Dak Prescott got last night. Granted, he's a quarterback, and Allen Robinson's not a quarterback, but. Dak Prescott, there are some good comparisons here. He's the most important offensive player on that team. So is Allen Robinson. Uh, The Cowboys could not afford to lose him. The Bears cannot afford to lose Allen Robinson. And there's a lot of similarities, too, in how they are well-liked. They're great teammates. They are a great face of the organization. There's really no reason why you wouldn't want Allen Robinson. Same thing in Dallas. There's no reason why you wouldn't want Dak Prescott. So the point there is, as much as the franchise tag isn't great, and it you could say it helped Dak Prescott. I don't, wouldn't buy that argument. I think Dak Prescott gets paid just fine on the open market last spring if he doesn't get tagged. Um, but in the end, it worked out for him because he was patient. So I think that is a lesson. Not that Allen Robinson needs lessons, but I think it is an indication uh, and perhaps more evidence why Al Robinson, he has, I'd be patient. Why not? What's the downside? What's the downside? It's playing the year in the tag. And I know the Probably injury concerns, the same concerns he had this season. Right. And I will never blame a player for being worried about that, especially Allen Robinson, who went through this in 2017. And, and Dak, if you're using Dak Prescott as your example there, what that happened to him this year? He Last suffered year, this a season. gruesome ankle injury and then got everything he was asking for anyway. And that's not necessarily what would happen to a wide receiver. 
But if I'm Allen Robinson, as much as we bring that up, what happened to him in 2017, what we don't often bring up is he still got paid. He still got a nice contract from the Chicago Bears. And if I heard him right, I believe he said in that Tyler Dunn interview or one of the interviews he did that he still got paid more by the Bears than the Jaguars were originally offering him. He so, doesn't keep that in mind anymore, though, does he? Yeah. So my point that is... That was quite the risk the Bears took. Let's be honest. I, I guess my point is, like, had he gotten hurt this past season, he either would have had the tag put on him anyway, which would be the exact same amount of money that he's getting now, or maybe at that point the Bears do let him hit the open market because he's hurt, depending on what the injury was. And once again, it, okay, it might not be a four or five year deal or something. He's probably still getting paid very, very well, um, just like he did the last time. So, yes, that's a risk. But I think the reward of being patient is still way, way higher. And I think, as you pointed out already, Johns, with the, the tag now setting the floor at $18 million per year, He's probably already better off. He's probably already winning the game compared to what the Bears were offering back in September. You think that's fair? I don't know if he's winning the game because this was always going to be part of the game. I'm saying very specifically, whatever the Bears' offer was in September, had he taken that, I don't know that he'd be making $18 million a year. Mm, I don't know the specifics, so... Um, I don't think anybody really knows the specifics on, on this one. Um, I agree. I'm guessing on that, but yeah, I think yeah, that that's, yeah. I think that's the case. It's we went over the numbers in the last podcast, right? Like he wants to be, he, he has a good argument to be paid like a top five guy, but where he fits in the the average there, that's usually where the debate is. And then the guaranteed money comes goes. I I almost wonder like like Prescott's year wasn't long, right? Only four years. If if I'm him, what's like the the risk here? I'm taking like a two or three year contract, right? Didn't Levante David just get a two year contract from Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. That means you get another chance at free agency. See, the problem with that um, is the same reason he did why it a couple, he did it three years ago. I know, but I think the the problem with that is that if I'm the Bears, I don't want to offer that. I want a longer deal that I could spread out spread the hell out of that signing bonus. Well, that's why you put those void years at the end. I know. Can I ask a question about that? Why are those legal? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it the most bizarre thing? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Can, I'm just going to void 10 years. Like, let's spread out this gi- gigantic uh, signing bonus forever, but the contract's really only two years. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Like just these non-existent years, but just so I could get this. Uh, I'll, like, we'll keep paying you, but we're just going to throw these years on there. To get that signing bonus now. And for all these like amazing cap gurus that every team has, why is this now just a thing now? <laughs> why did you figure this out a long time ago? Well, that's why Kyle Fuller's deal stands out because it makes should make for an easy extension if you want to get his $20 million cap hit down. Because right now I think the Bears are like $25 million over the cap or something. If the, the projection of $180 million, like, hold, Can I have a vet about the NFL? Like, Oh, sure. What are you waiting for? Like... If I was a cap guru for a team, I'd be furious just trying to, like, I, I get cap numbers are fluid. I get there's void years. There's things you can do, but 
not having that number handy and franchise franchise tag deadline day like that just seems like just bad business like like I get there's TV contracts coming in. I get it's got to be negotiated with the players' union, but it just seems very odd, and this doesn't seem to help the teams here or anybody for this matter who wants to make deals. Yeah, I don't understand it, and I don't. I don't think it's a good look for the NFL. Um, you've had plenty of time to figure this out and just do it. I guess I don't know. I don't know. So, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you disagree, but I, I just feel like there's a lot for Allen Robinson to win by being pa- patient, and I think that the one thing I just said, too, is maybe the most important thing to remember, in that it's to the Bears' advantage to bring that cap number down. It's the same conversation we're having right now with the cap. If you extend Allen Robinson, that now $18 million cap hit that is guaranteed this year, unless you trade him, you can bring that cap number down by extending him by spreading out a signing bonus. You actually pay him more money, bring the cap number down, which can help your cap situation. That is some leverage that I believe Allen Robinson has on his side. Can I go back to one of your points about him and Prescott? Yeah. About him being the most important offensive player in the team. The Bears are trying their darndest, their damnedest, for that not to be the case. Let's make that clear. And I do wonder when Allen Robinson's not the most important player on this team. You know where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. Say they acquire Russell Wilson. Say they acquire Deshaun Watson. How does that change things with Allen Robinson? Now, now there's a lot of time that has to play out. Like, the, Does he have more of an interest in working this out. Does he have an interest in actually playing this year out in a franchise tag if the Bears can't and him see eye to eye? Like, I think that changes talks. It, it changes perceptions. It changes his situation. He's got a brand spanking new quarterback who might be the best quarterback he's ever going to play with. Yeah. It changes everything. That, like, to me, you know, like, I, I get that Allen Robinson went on his media tour and he's doing what he has to do, and that's all fair, right? I get it. I understand it, but... Behind all of this was the concern at quarterback. Like, the Bears don't have one. They don't have one. Like, it's hard to pay a guy a lucrative contract, sign him to a lucrative contract, when you don't know who's going to throw the ball to him. And I'm sure he has the same concerns, and that's why they're probably playing hardball as well. But that quarterback decision, man, it looms over everything. I think I know the answer to this. You, you didn't read my column yet, right? No. Okay. Well, that was a great point you just made. Is it in your column? Well, no. It's it's the, the uh, yes, it is, it is. But it's uh, it's you know, great minds, because I I know that you I I could just tell that you hadn't read my column yet, which is absolutely fine. It just got posted a little while ago, but it was just funny that you brought that specific point up because it goes back to exactly what I said earlier and that how Allen Robinson's leverage right now is that he is the most important player in the Bears offense. And the way to change that is to get a player that is more important than Allen Robinson. So acquiring a Russell Wilson would change the conversation uh, and would give the Bears more leverage and Perhaps more reason. F- I, it depends on how Allen Robinson looks at it at that point. Because, well, let- oh, oh, sorry, real quick, A. Rob can say, 
okay, I like this situation to make Wilson's contract work in this crazy uh, situation with the cap. Maybe I'm willing to take a little bit less. Or on the flip side, he says, let me roll for a year on the franchise tag where Russell Wilson is my quarterback and let me show you what I can really do with a quarterback. Because I've been doing that. This with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. See what I can do with Russell Wilson. And then you might be the highest paid wide receiver in the whole game. Then you get your payday. But what if they play hardball still? Just just throw out this scenario. Russell Wilson is acquired. Chicago is going nuts. Number three is unretired. Like that type of nuts. Jersey sales through the roof. Top selling jersey in the league. Everybody's going crazy. But Allen Robinson is still playing hardball. Mm-hmm. And you just gave up all of this draft capital to acquire Russell Wilson. You need draft capital. To use your word leverage, could the Bears then go to Allen Robinson? Well, we don't see how this is going to work. Yeah. We need draft picks. We can trade you. You want to catch balls from uh, Sam Darnold? You want to see what's going on in, I don't know, who else needs a quarterback? I don't know, but he likes, a lot, a, tweet. he, he likes a lot of tweets. He likes a lot of tweets in New up York. With that, by the way, but like, he did like a lot of stuff from New York. It's still up there, I believe. Go check out his. Uh, well, he uh, spent some time in New York in the off season, so he was and, liking like trade proposals that were like swaps for him and like Sam Darnold and picks. Oh, he likes any tweet that goes his. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's some not of those Chris- weren't bad. Some of those weren't bad, actually. But um, yeah. But you wouldn't do that if he had Russell Wilson. Um. Just in terms of leverage, like I think that changes conversations. Again, like you had a quarterback, especially of that caliber in Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, which I do think is considerably more unlikely, right? But you do that. That changes the conversation. Not only in this city, just about everything bears, but specifically, can't say that word tonight, specifically, what that means for Allen Robinson and negotiations. For everything you said, for everything I just said, that changes the leverage game. I believe that. Which is a whole other point of this thing is that there's a lot that can change here in the coming weeks. Um, for one, like you mentioned how they're way above the cap now and they have to be down uh, to in the top 51 contracts by March 17th. Like, that's when that starts. So, a lot of people think it's going to be a bloodbath coming up here in the next week or so. Probably is. And it's going to be interesting to see who ends up on the market. You know, one thing I thought was interesting today is that Kenny Galladay in Detroit didn't get tagged. And for maybe a split second in my head, I wondered, maybe the Bears say, hey, let's go get Southside, Kenny Galladay. St. Rita kid. Yeah. Northern Illinois. It, it, but that's an example of just how other people coming on the market can affect decisions. Perhaps a corner, like a bunch of cornerbacks end up on the market. That becomes a buyer's market. You have this problem with Kyle Fuller's $20 million cap hit. I understand that extending him can fix that, but Kyle Fuller's is not going to accept a cheap deal over the next five years, and he gave you one interception last year. So... 
do you really want to be locked into that? Or is it or is he one of these guys that in this weird suppression of the cap that ends up being a surprising cut? Save a it's, lot of money. It's a possibility. I think it saves you fourteen million against the cap. Just like that. I'd rather do that than have to cut Akeem Hicks, even at his age at eleven million. Because we've seen the Bears' defense without a key mix, not good. Well, he's another oppor- you know, another opportunity there for an extension. You could sure. cut him for for little dead money on your books. But again, like you just said, the Bears are better with a key mix on the field. Everybody knows that. You see it with your own eyes. It's there in the stats. His absence looms large. I still think he's a productive player. Oh, he's incredibly productive. I don't care about his age. I think you got at least a couple, two or three, two or three good years out of him. Um, yeah. But, well, which is, why, which is why if I had to pick between those two players, I'd say keep Akeem Hicks, let Kyle Fuller go. I think you can I, – I always feel like it's – like I'm bashing Kyle Fuller and I'm really not trying to do do that. He's a he's a good player. Um. But he shouldn't be the second highest cap hit on your team behind Khalil Mack. That's just the Packers deal coming back to bite the Bears, huh? Yeah, yeah which we knew at the time. Contract. Yeah, we knew we it knew would. It the t- yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, I'll say this, just so everyone's on the same page. The Allen Robinson, the franchise tag, it means that now there's a new deadline, July 15th. That's the deadline where you can extend him before the season. After July 15th, you cannot give him a contract extension until the end of the season. So it creates another deadline. And then at that point, Robinson either has to play on the tag or say trade me, which is what happened with Khalil Mack. I could still see a deal get done, but I think that that's going to depend on what we were just talking about. Who's the quarterback? What kind of cap space is there? How badly do the Bears need to lower that cap number for Allen Robinson? Because again, it would be an advantage to extend him to get that cap number down, even while essentially caving into what his side's asking for. It can help you in 2021. It help you acquire uh, a quarterback. It help you keep Akeem Hicks. It can help you with a lot of different things. I do think even a short-term deal, like a three-year deal, will help help accomplish some of that. At least getting it down from maybe eighteen million to twelve million, which well, man, especially if you do the void years, yeah, that's a pretty darn good player, right? Yeah, like six million dollars. I mean, there's a, there's a starter right there. Um, that's a, that's another extension for somebody. Key mix, like it's there's ways to move money around. Like people freak out about the salary cap, but there's always ways to move money around. Um, some teams just have to do it more than others. I think that's a good way to view it. There's always money within the cap. But some teams are just, they just have to manipulate it more because of these decisions they make. Many of them aren't good. Some of them have to, to be, like some deals have to move around to, to make the, the cap work. And, and the Bears just, for all their wheelings and dealing free agency, just happen to be one of those teams that have to mani- manipulate the cap a bit more. Well, um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting week. I mean, seriously, I, I, I buckle up because I think there's going to be some surprise cuts. Um, and then we're a week away from free agency starting. 
and I don't know how active the Bears are going to be in signing guys because they don't think they have a ton of room to do that. But that's when a potential trade could happen. It's when enough movement around the league is going to happen. It's when the Patriots will make a move for a quarterback. It's when you know the 49ers might make a surprise move for a quarterback. Things things could all of a sudden start moving, and uh, I imagine the Bears are going to be in there somewhere with some type of move that requires multiple podcasts to discuss. Emergency ones. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yes. Plan, the emergency uh, version of the Hogan Johns podcast. Keep your uh, schedule Those open. are some of our best podcasts and some of the favorite ones that we do, I think, out there. And in that case, we'll have to go live on YouTube. Yes. Uh, which we'll still do from time to time. I was thinking the other day how much I cannot wait till we're able to do another live podcast in public. Like in a bar? At a bar. Drinking beer? Yes. Like, like I was drinking. I, I, honestly, I was wearing the beer drinking football guy shirt. But yes. Hulk decided to make fun of me because I was matching him. Well, it's the same color. It looked like we're, you know. Matching. We're yeah, just say, you, you, you said we're matching. We were matching. Even though the the the, the shirt was a little so different, if you're, but if you're not watching, I am wearing the "Come Out Hard and Stay Hard." Thank you, Harold Jones Cortez, for that soundbite. And you can get these shirts on obviousshirts.com. And you were uh, commenting because I think this is these are your first obvious shirts and how comfortable they are. They are nice. That is not a lot. Like these are, you know, how you get like those cheap. T-shirts that like almost feel scratchy. Yeah, yeah. This is not those. These are soft, pre-shrunken, high-quality shirts. They don't mess around. Um, so anyway, you can still get those obviousshirts.com. We're gonna more coming eventually too. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. 
Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Well, while the uh, whole Al- – I had a feeling like an Allen Robinson extension wasn't going to happen today because uh, the general manager was in Evanston uh, at Northwestern's Pro Day, which was good. You know what? I was uh, – and I know Kevin Fishbane felt the same way. It was you know kind of sad not being there today. I love Northwestern's Pro Days. Been at every single one for a long time. Going back to when Jimmy Garoppolo was at Northwestern's Pro Day. And they had a ton of talent there today, and I wasn't there. It was Didn't sad. the Bears go to that one? See Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, they usually have somebody there. Yeah, yeah. I thought Pace went. Was it Josh Lucas? Somebody uh, higher up. Maybe wait, it was just Mark Sadowski. I think Garoppolo was... Was that pre? That was Garoppolo Pace, right? was Emery. Was it? Hmm. Yeah. Wow, look at us losing track of time. Yeah, because uh, 15 was Mariota and uh, James Winston. You're right. You're right. So 14 was... Was Garoppolo. And Derek Carr. And Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. So that was before Ryan... That was when Ryan Pace... So maybe Ryan Pace was there, but he would have been there with the Saints. And I probably didn't know who Ryan Pace was then. <laughs> um Or at least wouldn't have been able to recognize him if he I saw him. He didn't have that, like... Haircut that you like to try to sport back then? He had that, like, crew cut look. Now he's got that haircut, that high and tight with the flow. Kind of distinguished oh, himself with that. Yeah, he didn't yeah. rock that back then. Which, again, we've established he copied me. I didn't copy him. You were here first, fine. I have pictures. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. It's been a long time since Northwestern had that much talent. And it was a show today. Um, Ryan Pace was there. Matt Nagy was there. Juan Castillo, the offensive line coach, was there to see Rashawn Slater. Now, I think Slater's going to be gone by 20, especially after today. He showed out, um, moved well, uh, benched, what was it, 30, whatever it was, 33, whatever it was, was plenty, plenty. So he did not hurt himself at all today. If anything, he helped himself and... He really is a complete package in terms of just rock-solid technique. You know, there's a lot of talk because his arms are a little bit shorter that some teams might want to play him at guard. I just have a, Whoever's going to draft him that high is not drafting him to play guard. They're drafting him to play tackle. And his tape was outstanding at left tackle in 2019. He didn't allow a sack. And I think it's relevant, too, that the offense was bad. Like, the quarterback play at Northwestern in 2019 was... Not pretty. Anybody who watched that season uh, could tell you that guys were walking into sacks all the time when it was very clearly on the quarterback, not the offensive lineman. And throughout all that, Rashawn Slater did not give up a sack. So it's incredibly impressive tape on a struggling offense in 2019. So I think he's a tackle. um, And I think it's good the Bears were there today. I just don't think he's going to be available at number 20. Due diligence work... um... Again, you're not traveling the pro days anyway. 
So you could have been somewhere else in the country or preparing to go somewhere else in the country, but here you are just driving up the road or down the road to, to Evanston. It's Well, he's one of those interesting prospects because he's got first-round skills. Tape is fantastic. Just look at the, the Ohio State game from a couple of years ago. And here he is sitting out the entire season. So teams are going to have questions. I respect his decision, but he hasn't played football in a year. Like teams are going to want to see him up close and personal as, as, as much as they can, given the pandemic we're still living and operating yeah. in. It's why I said earlier in this podcast, that's why these pro days have, they carry significantly more value now because there's no combine. This it, It's a chance to maybe talk to people from, from schools, get some gossip from other scouts. It's great networking without the greatest networking event in the NFL going on, the combine. So you got to make use of these of these pro days as best you can. Well, can I give you a conspiracy theory? Yeah, what do you got? Well, you know, we've we've heard of the Bears being at pro days and maybe throwing teams off their scent a little bit. Is it possible the guy they were really interested in looking at today is Greg Newsom, the cornerback? The cornerback? Who's moving up draft boards and is probably going to be there at 20. 20 seems like a good place to start for him, right? He is uh, plenty tall, great length, uh, type of guy who can play press, uh, gets his hands on the football. So I guess the one wild card in all this is we don't necessarily know what type of corners Sean Desai really wants. He's a new defense coordinator. He gets a say in all this. And we just had the Kyle Fuller discussion. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. He, here's, here's you my could be- cut Kyle Fuller, yeah, draft yeah, Greg Newsome, yeah. and you have two young corners now for a very, very long time. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Here's, here's my beef with it. Can we just invest in some offensive linemen? I'm with you on that. No, like, no, like, no argument. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, and believe me, I love some defensive football. But that's probably the problem here in Chicago, right? Like it's this offensive line has been neglected. You've taken some good interior guys, like Cody Whitehair and James Daniels are good players, but like it's in the second round. It, it, it's time to take a swing attack. Like maybe it's a guard. I, I don't care what it is, really. But you got to invest in that offensive line. Like, it's just, it's time, especially if you bring in, like, obviously the 20th overall pick might not be on the table if Russell Wilson is here, but just in general, this offensive line has been neglected. And I think it shows, it's, I think it has shown itself on the field for a couple years. Like, this, this has to be addressed. I love defense football. I love defensive football, but... That'd be my beef with a pick, like a, like a cornerback pick. I get that they'll say BPA, best player available, but come on. Invest in some offensive linemen. Yeah, especially because there seems to be so many good tackles uh, in this class, and that's why I had Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech go on my uh, mock draft today, which you can read on NBCSportsChicago.com. Um, you know he went in my first mock draft. He did? On the athletic.com. I did. I you know. That's why I, I put Mac Jones in the second because I'm telling you somebody's going to fall. Yeah, I don't know if he's falling to the second. Can but, I bring up the quarterbacks for a second? Um, we don't talk about quarterbacks on this podcast. Oh, it's all we talk about. <laughs> I love 
Chris Sims out of the box 2021 draft QB rankings. Love I that. haven't looked at these close enough, but um, someone told me he had Kellen Mond in the first round. He's got him at number four. I'm. A, I mean, he's good enough with his quarterback rankings, which I think the point you were about to make that yes. that, that makes me want to go back and look at Kellen Mond more. Like he's got a track record. Christian has a good track record of of calling at least the top two guys, two or three guys, right. Just go back the past couple of years. Nails them. So number one, he's got Zach Wilson. Number two, Trevor Lawrence. Number three, Mac Jones. Number four, Kellen Mond. Five, Justin Fields. Six, Trey Lance. So if you're the Chicago Bears. I, look, obviously, Chris Sims' evaluations <laughs> don't play a factor in Hallis Hall or other buildings. But, like, for for outsiders like you and I and, and people who deal with gossip and leaks, like, this is this is good. Like, I, like maybe in the Bears' evaluations, they like a little bit of Justin Fields at number 20 and think he could be there. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Like, to, to me, for a guy that covers this team – it's starting to sound like there's more possibilities on the table, potentially on the table at number 20. You disagree. You look adamant. No, I, I don't I don't disagree. I, I think that one of these guys is gonna fall. I think I think I think drafting a quarterback in the first round is totally on the table for the Bears. I, I think tr- trading up is on the table. Uh I I'm just kind of blown away by the Kellamon love. I just gotta go back and, and watch that more, I guess. Because I was a guy who liked Kellen Mom, but then I just didn't feel like he got better. I watched one of his full games against the God, who was it against? And I didn't feel impressed by him. I think they lost that game, but what do I know? Also, I feel like I was watching the Senior Bowl and I wasn't impressed, so I don't know. Maybe there's no, something. No, Mac Jones had a good Senior Bowl. Maybe he just really, really doesn't like Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Well, I think the Trey Lance conversation is similar to the Rashawn Slater conversation. Yeah, I think the big difference there to me is that if you turn on the 2019, like there's no doubt about Slater's tape. Yeah, yeah. Right, whereas, um, and I've talked to some NFL people about this, with Trey Lance, one of the things that NFL evaluators are struggling with is that they feel like that offense was pretty basic. So one... Like Rashawn Slater was. I, I think Chris Sims actually brought up this point in his podcast. Yeah, and it's a real thing, and and he's probably hearing it from the same type of people. Um, like Rashawn Slater went up against Chase Young, AJ Epinesa, like good players that are in the NFL, and dominated them. So there's no question about his abilities against guys that are now having success in the NFL. Trey Lance is at the FCS level. And North Dakota State's a great program. I got nothing against North Dakota State, but not only was he facing FCS talent, but there, when you know people that know know that offense way better than I know that offense, um, are questioning like how complex it really is. Yeah, and 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 how many tough reads he really has to make, and that's where that's a legitimate thing. Like, so if you throw a much more complex offense at him against much better talent that he's going to face, how is he going to react? He, he strikes me as a guy that should go in the second round. Like that should be his grade, but teams are different. Like no position is makes, makes draft rooms get on edge more like on tilt more than the quarterback. Look, look at the bears history. Yeah. Three to two. Like 
people are calling us. We got trade up. Like that's what the the position does to draft rooms. It's what it does to GMs. If you don't have one, you're looking for one. So if you're a team that thinks Trey Lance is this potential home run swing waiting for you in the late first round, early second, like that's a guy that's going to be traded up for. But his grade probably says he's in the second round based on everything you just said. The tape or lack thereof with him. Yeah. Well, um, I think that that, for all those reasons, that's one of the guys. I mean, sometimes you see Trey Lance like fourth overall, and maybe there's a team that falls in love with him to that level. Uh, That's why I put him in. Let me just say, I didn't didn't just throw him in my first mock draft like, ooh, maybe he'll be available. I legitimately think that that's, uh, that's maybe the guy who we could be looking at on draft night going, well, why does he keep falling? And then you're probably like, ah, oh, it does make sense that he played one game this year. And by the way, didn't look that great in that game. He did have one ridiculous throw down the left sideline, though, that was perfect. Right into just a beautiful dime into his receiver's hands at the goal line, and the guy dropped it. Which is like that time Mitch Trubisky threw four touchdown passes on one drive in the Sun Bowl. Remember this? The famous Sun Bowl? Oh, the famous Sun Bowl. Yeah. And uh, his guys kept dropping the ball, but they looked like great throws. They were great throws. Doesn't mean that it's going to translate to the NFL. And that's why we're having this conversation about quarterbacks, though. Where do you think Mitch is going to land? I have three teams in 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 mind. <laughs> okay. San Francisco. Okay. Cleveland as a backup. San Francisco as a backup? San Francisco as a backup. Okay. Like the, the team that – I don't know if there's going to be a starting job for him. So he's got to be very picky with the right situation and the right offense for him. Cleveland's interesting to me because I have long thought that like going to Minnesota and being Kirk Cousins backup. Uh, that was my third team. Like that offense makes sense, and I've, and basically the Browns are running that same offense in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski, who was used to be in Minnesota. That's interesting because you know, like as good as Baker Mayfield looks, sometimes sometimes I just wonder, like, is he going to have a bad enough stretch where like they need to start talking about benching him? Then you have yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. What was the third team? No, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh. Oh, but no starting jobs. You don't think Bill Belichick thinks he's the solution? Maybe, maybe. I think he wants Jimmy Garoppolo back. I would love to see Mitch Trubisky though in one of those offenses. We're on the same page in terms of style. Yeah, I think he's probably thinking the same because if you look what worked for him, really since he since he got here. It's plays and schemes like that. And, the, you know, the one thing that uh, Alan Robbins said in uh, one of those inter- – I'm, I'm, I apologize for not remembering what inter- – he did so many. Um, oh, I think you're going to reference the pro football focus one. Yes, Chris the Chris Collinsworth, Collinsworth conversation. He – one thing I found very interesting was him talking about the offense last year and how they basically had two different offenses. And they were trying to learn Bill Bill Lazor's scheme because I, it sounds like to me the stuff Lazor brought in was like he was kind of guiding the 
hey, this is what we need to run with Mitch stuff. Um, which And that dominated camp, which is people, we don't need to get into all this, but as people were doubting you and me saying that Mitch was going to win, a big part of that was because of what they were running. I could not imagine they were running all that stuff in camp and going to say, hey, here's Nick Foles. Yeah. Well, it yeah, just did not make yeah, sense. All, all that Nick Foles kind of sucked. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, you all saw it. We talked about it throughout the season. As soon as Nick Foles went in there, it was like, bam, here's Matt Nagy's offense again. And essentially, Allen Robinson admitted all that. Like, they went between two offenses, and that was much tougher than he envisioned it was going to be. Um, and then he talked about how they operate much differently and how Nick Foles constantly wants to t- tinker at the line of scrimmage and makes all kinds of adjustments. And again, we saw that, but we also saw a lot of delay games, a lot of burn timeouts in the first half of games. Uh, and things I, weren't. I feel like we saw him holding the ball a lot, getting hit, not helping his offensive line. They, there was. A lot of things that probably worked just fine in Philadelphia with a lot of guys that knew that offense, that were familiar with the offense, that could handle all that. Uh, and a lot fantastic talent. offensive line in front and of a them. Fantastic, yes. Yeah. So uh, trying to come to a new team and do all that. Maybe in hindsight, that's what Nagy, because I found it odd that like various points of the season, Nagy was referencing, oh, well, he got here and didn't have a real offseason. It was like the whole point of him coming here is that he knew the offense. But that's probably what he was really referencing, like that chemistry to understand what your teammates can and cannot handle in the moment when you're making those types of checks and changes constantly. Uh, Which is an argument I've made a lot. That it's not just about what's easy for the quarterback. You gotta keep, you gotta also keep in count like, if Anthony Miller can't run the right route or can't make the right adjustments, like, you have to account for that. You can't just... You have to dumb down the offense sometimes because if running a complex offense doesn't benefit you if your own players can't run it. Simplify it. And they did. And that's what got them back into the playoff contention. <laughs> and I think that'll be a big focus of this offseason, no matter who the quarterback is, is finding that right balance. Like There has to be a more of a balance between the simplification and more of, I guess, the complexity that Nagy wants to run because, yes, it's harder for defenses to pick up on things. But if your own guys can't pick up on it, then what's the point? All right. Well, good stuff. Um, We are going to be back with another episode later this week with a very special guest. Should I say who it is? You can say who it is. Have you heard of Ted Lasso? We've talked about Ted Lasso. Um, we'll get the we'll, we'll we'll disappoint you right away. It's not Jason Sudeikis, okay? Jason Sudeikis is not coming out of the podcast, but Coach Beard is. Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard uh, on that show, is on our podcast Thursday, and the reason is he's a Chicagoan who's a Bears fan. So uh, he'll be on the podcast later this week, and. Um, really looking forward to that so we will have another episode later on this week if there's any other news that we need to uh, address we will so it won't just be the Brendan Hunt interview but um, in the meantime follow us on Twitter a lot of things going on at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com Johnsy on The Athletic theathletic.com slash Hogue Johns 
if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that link right below you. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you can. Not that you have to. Podcasts are good on your phone in your car, um, but this is now an, another added option for you if you'd like to check it out on YouTube. Come check out the, the shirts live in action. Live in action. We finally made a shirt. I like this one. The orange looks sharp. The one with the logo looks great, too, I got to say. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So go to obviousshirts.com for all that. All right. Good stuff. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.